feel that sometimes your life or those of a loved one are complicated and out of control? You're not alone. Welcome to In the Ring with Mia, featuring five-time world and international boxing champion Mia St. John. Mia and her guests will share stories and invite open discussions about topics that need to be discussed. You'll be empowered to find help or be help. Now, here's your host, Mia St. John. Good morning, everyone. You're in the ring with Mia, and I am your host, Mia St. John. How's everybody feeling this morning? (laughs) I have to laugh because I feel like since the quarantine, like a lot of people are sleeping in. And like before, when they told me my show, they had an opening slot at 7 a.m. I was like all excited. Like, oh, my God, that's the morning drive. I have to get that slot. And now with the quarantine, I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's so early because just like working from home and doing interviews and stuff from home, I just feel like it's so easy to sleep in. Even my dogs are sleeping in. It's so funny. I woke up this morning like at 5.30 and my dogs looked at me like, oh no, you're not. <laughs> Don't even do it. The lights go on, the stove goes on, the coffee maker, the TV. And they're looking at me like, with daggers in their eyes. (laughs) But anyway, um, so I just want to give you guys an update. Uh, You know, I've been fighting to keep my 12-step meetings going because I know a lot of, for a lot of us, like addicts, it's so hard to do Zoom because there's just like no accountability. I feel like I could walk out at any time. No one's going to notice. Um. We could be doing anything, you know, and it's just so hard to chime in too, because sometimes there's like hundreds of people on these meetings. Um, so I've been actually having meetings on my own, um, as well as a lot of other people, um, and they are undercover. Um, we are in hiding, which makes it super exciting, but we are very safe. I just want you guys to know that we are all six feet apart. We even had Inside Edition come and cover one of our meetings just to show how it can be done Um, six feet apart. We were all wearing gloves, all wearing masks, um, very safe. Uh, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin came to check it out as well. Um, And like I said, as well as Inside Edition, you can actually see the YouTube video, I believe, is up. um, If you didn't miss the episode of Inside Edition, and we spoke with Lisa Guerrero, the host, and she has it up on her Twitter, um, as well as Inside Edition. So, um, I that's you know, the mayor still has not deemed our meetings essential, which is just crazy to me because you can have alcohol delivered to you and. It is open season, I'm telling you, because so I live in Marina Del Rey and and I'm right by the channel, which is kind of like a boardwalk. And people are just walking around with their open containers, just drinking. It's like a free for all. People are in parking lots of restaurants and drinking. And there's liquor stores, marijuana shops that don't even sell food. That's all they sell. And that is deemed essential, which I just think is absolutely nuts that I cannot get a 12 step meeting, which is done much safer. That can't be essential. I'm 
it's just, it blows me away. So what I'm doing, I like to call this civil disobedience. Um, and under the, these circumstances, I encourage it because I feel like our lives are on the line. And if you have to hold it in a meeting, you don't have internet, you don't have a smartphone, you don't have computers. Um, and a lot of the homeless that I work with don't have these items. Um, and, and you don't even have to be homeless. There's just a lot of people that, you know, that don't have a smartphone and don't have a computer. So it's very difficult for them. Um, but so I'm encouraging this, like find someone um, in your area, call around um, because there are there, you're going to find someone that knows someone that knows someone <laughs> that is having an undercover meeting. Um, I know about the meetings that are still being held in the LA area. Um, so you can contact me at Mia St. John at me.com. And that's M I A S T J O H N at me.com. Or if you want to give me a tip on a meeting that you know of that is happening, um, you can email me there as well. So anyway, I just hope you're all hanging in there and doing okay. I've just been, you know, to deal with, you know, myself, I've been working out a lot every day and just trying to stay active, keep my body active, meditating, praying, um, trying to help others to get out of my own damn head. Um, and that's really the key because when we start to feel sorry for ourselves, um, it's just, I can't tell you what helping others does for me. It, it actually makes me feel better, makes me feel good about myself. And you're help, helping someone else feel good. Um, so that's something that I try to do every single day. And at the end of the day, I ask myself, like, who did I help? Um, so make that a goal for yourself, um, as well as whatever you need to do to stay sober. Just don't pick up, do not use, um, because it ultimately does not make you feel better. It, I mean, you guys know this as addicts, it makes us feel worse. Um, we wake up the next day thinking, oh my God, what did I do? And, and you just feel like shit. Um, so, and you can always email me anytime. Um, you know, I'm an open book, so, um, feel free to email me. So anyway, moving on, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, a guest on, the CEO of Step Up on Second, Todd Lipka, um, to give us an update on the homeless situation. And Step Up on Second, for those of you that don't know, is a homeless shelter um, in Santa Monica, California. And they, I believe they have, um, they're nationwide. Um, well, let, let me bring in Todd to talk about that. Welcome, Todd Lipka, to the show. Morning, Mia. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. Good morning, Todd. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. In this, uh, in the advanced stages of social isolation, you're, you're so right uh, about, you know, thinking it transforms 7 a.m., what used to be a busy time getting ready and on your way to work, and it's so much right? different these days. You know, Todd, I cannot tell you how... I had to wait, like my show was going to start a lot earlier 
um, we, I, it was postponed for like months because, you know, I really wanted this slot because, you know, it's the morning drive. Like you, you, if yeah. you landed this slot, cause the one I was offered was like at three o'clock and I was like, Oh hell no. Like that you either want the morning <laughs> drive or, um, the evening drive people leaving, uh, home from work. Cause those yeah. are the best yeah. lots and I can't tell you how long I waited. And now it's like, I call my friends, I call them. They're like, Oh, we're still sleeping, <laughs> you know, cause everybody's working from home now, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's so funny, but, um, so yeah, let me get this clear though. You're, I know you're in other parts of California, but, um, you're nationwide now, right? That's correct. That's correct. Right. We're, we're in Florida, we're in Georgia, and we're soon to be opening up in Tennessee. So we're just finding there are so many communities that don't know how to deal with the people who have been on the street the longest to find a solution right. for them. And right. so um, since that's our expertise, other communities want to bring us in. And I know that you're, you don't just deal with homelessness. You deal with those that are suffering from serious mental illness. Yeah. So we, we, we actually say, uh, you know, we, we started out years ago uh, focusing on those with serious mental illness like schizophrenia and bipolar, mm-hmm. but now we've expanded that lens and we say serious mental health issues mm-hmm. and those who, especially those who are cr- chronically, which means they've been on the street for years, chronically homeless. So that's really, and when you think about it, you know, it's so traumatic to live on the street for years. Right. That it's it's virtually everybody who's been homeless for a long period of time. And when I say a long period of time, I'm talking about anywhere from several years up until we've housed people who were homeless for 40 years on the street. That's unbelievable. And that and the is, amazing thing is, is they do, do very well in housing. Right. But and a lot of that has to do with now. What was the change from? Because remember back in the day when we called it mental illness, and then all of a sudden this government had a big change in in wording, and then it all of a sudden became mental health. So what is the, what yeah. is the difference? Well, I think we've learned that instead of thinking about m- mental health as either you're 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 well or you're sick, you're either ill or you're doing okay. That it's, you know, like a light switch, you're either on or you're off. Um, to really say mental health is more of a continuum, you know, from, from being, ha- having an illness to, to well-being on the other end. And that people are just not fixed on one spot of that continuum for all their life. They're not just ill all the time. Right. Or someone's not completely well all the time. That people move on that on that spectrum over the course of their lives and, and to, to, you know, as they go through things that are uh, depressing, they might feel depression, but they're not, you know, that's not a, a, a long-term serious illness. So, and it's, it's also the, the stigma attached with saying mental illness is one that we're trying to get away from to stop right. thinking about defining people by their illness. Right. And I love so, that you say that because I, that's how I feel. Like I, I suffer from so many, oh my God, let, let me start OCD, GAD, um, panic disorder, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not always like that though. So what I tell my family right. is I don't like to say, oh, I'm, I'm mentally ill. 
I like to say I'm I'm feeling sick right now. I have I have like a cold, you know, because I know it's going to go away. I'm not going to say that mm-hmm. way. So I I wouldn't want someone classifying me as oh me as mentally ill. No, I'm not. Do mm-hmm. I suffer from mm-hmm. um, mental health issues from time to time? Um, yes, I do, but I'm not quote unquote mentally ill. Todd, I hope you'll stay with us. We have to take a break, but we'll be sure. right back. Can you stay for another segment? I have a lot sure, to talk of course. about. Okay. All right. And we'll be right back. Okay. So let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills, because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to miastjohnblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome back to the show. You're in the ring with Todd Lipka the CEO of Step Up on Second, which is a national homeless shelter. Um, Todd, welcome back. Thanks, Mia. So are we seeing a rise in the coronavirus cases in our homeless shelters or what's the update on that and how are you handling that? 
Well, um, like the rest of the country, it's it's mixed in various locations. But I think generally speaking, the fears that we had that the virus would spread very quickly among homeless individuals has not been borne out. Okay. Uh, just like in many cities that took preemptive measures, uh, it, it didn't spread as badly as some of the other hotspot uh, areas like New York. So we, we are seeing that it is getting into the homeless community, but in, in many places in certainly Los Angeles, not as bad as we feared. And that's probably because some of the preemptive steps taken were the, the city and the county and the state worked to secure uh, motel rooms for a, a place to put homeless individuals who are at risk of getting the virus also, who have the virus as a way to isolate them. So that's, um, I think th- those measures have helped in social distancing. We see, I mean, for example, our organization is still serving meals to individuals, but right. we emphasize social distancing when people line up. And so the, the measures that homeless people are taking are very similar to the measures that um, non-homeless people are taking, and it hasn't spread as badly as we hoped. But right. There are some hotspots, for example, in Los Angeles, um, one of the missions downtown, one of the workers had it and um, he actually died. And so a number of other people, clients, homeless individuals uh, got the virus and many more were at risk of getting the virus because they were exposed. So we, we do see that, that there are some hotspots like that where unfortunately uh, there, there were outbreaks. So we try and step in to control those as much as possible. Yeah, that's something that I really worried about was the homeless shelters. And I really thought that that was going to be that most of our cases would come from there. And actually, that has not been the case. And I've actually gone by to step up on second um, a couple times a week. And I noticed that you guys uh, have taken great measures um, to be safe and to keep everyone safe there. and so I want to commend you on that, doing a great job. Uh, I'd like to bring up another um, point that not all facilities are doing such a good job. Did you read in the Long Beach Post about a mental health facility in Long Beach, California, uh, that had an outbreak? And now they're not allowing the patients to leave. Well, they're telling them if you leave, you can't come back. Now, this mm-hmm. is a place that, um, I don't know, if it, did you read about this? No, I didn't. You didn't? Okay, I encourage you to, to read about it. Um, yeah. You'll be very interested um, uh, because it's a place that we both know very well. And yeah. apparently, um, a lot of them are not wearing masks. Now, these are patients that, you know, I mean, they live in close quarters, they have roommates, and uh, to not be wearing masks, or they're not practicing social distancing, and I get that it's hard in a facility when you're locked up, but there are things that can be done, and to not take those measures, I feel that these patients should be given the opportunity to go home. Mm -hmm. But they're telling them, if you go home, you cannot come back. Um, 
how how well does that sit with someone like you? Because you you run a tight ship. Um, what do you make of that? And yep. what steps can be done in a mental health facility? Well, it's it's uh, upsetting because, you know, we serve and the individuals we're talking about are among the most vulnerable in our society. And certainly it's it's our moral and ethical obligation to do everything we can to protect them um, from that. So and what you're talking about sounds like a similar situation to somebody who's been incarcerated, particularly um somebody who's been incarcerated because they can't uh, make bail. So they're not convicted. And so here they are in a, just like you're talking about in in the facility in in Long Beach, in a closed setting without safe measures being practiced and through no fault of your own, you're being exposed to this deadly virus. And probably just like the people we serve, the people that are in that facility that you're talking about are most at risk because they have not only mental illness, but they may have underlying health issues. And because sometimes the medication, they may have physical issues that make them more susceptible to the virus. So to not being, not taking uh, extreme protective measures to protect a vulnerable population that you're serving is, uh, is, is really terrible. Is really terrible. We're uh, very fortunate at Step Up that we have uh, an employment program, and one component of that employment program is janitorial. So we train our, our members, that's the word we use for clients, on janitorial uh, services. And, and so we have a, a core of members who we employ to clean our facilities themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a daily basis. So any area that has regular use is being cleaned constantly by our, and sanitized by our own members who are being paid to do that. So it's a, right. a really wonderful system. It is. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I just, I, I completely forgot about that. I went to step up, I think it was last week and I saw um, one of my students. So for those of you that don't know, I have a program at Step Up on Second, and it's my boxing fitness meditation program. Um, so I saw, you know, I stopped by once in a while to see if any of my students are around, and I, I saw one of them, and, and he was out there cleaning, and he was so diligent in what he was doing. And uh, I, so I, I stopped talking to him about it, about his job, because he took great pride in what he was doing. I mean, it was incredible, Todd. I was so proud of him because he wanted to make sure that that he did his job well. And mm-hmm. I found that to be, I was just, I tell you, I was blown away because something that I feel like, I've always told my kids, like, I don't care what you do. You know, my, my son had a job once um, sweeping um, uh, one of our local restaurants and mopping, and he took great pride in it. And, and I always said, I don't care what you do, as long as you love what you're doing and, and you give it all you've got, right? Otherwise, don't do it because there's no point mm-hmm. in doing something you hate and doing it half-assed. 
Um, and this this fellow reminded me of my son. Like he just he was working so hard and loved, just had this big, huge smile on his face. And he told me with great pride, Mia, I'm getting paid for this. This is my job. <laughs> and I was like, way to go. I mean, it just, I tell you, it filled my heart, like, which is so much pride because they need this, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it did so much for my son. It, it made him feel like he had a responsibility and it gave them purpose. You know, what I like to call an ikigai, or, which is a Japanese word, a reason to wake up in the morning. You have purpose. Yeah. You have something to do. And I think that is so important um, that you give them that opportunity. Well, it's, you know, we, it's like we talked about language before, rather than defining someone by their illness to say, oh, they are mentally ill or they define them by their homelessness. Oh, they're homeless. It's just to, 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 to characterize them as an individual with certain traits. Oh, that's a person experiencing homelessness. So they're not defined by their illness or their homelessness. And that underlines the point you were making, Mia, which is such a good point, which is that these are individuals. Yeah, sure, they may have a mental illness or experiencing mental health issues or an addiction or they may be homeless or they may be all three. But let's not define them by those character traits or yeah. those situations that they're experiencing. Let's define them as an individual. And if we look at someone holistically like that, we know just like you and I need purpose in our life, of course, so do these right. individuals. And for exactly. the vast majority of us, Having a job gives us purpose, direction, and not to mention helps our income situation. Right. And for, you know, for the individuals we serve, some of them as adults maybe never held a job because of their illness interrupted their yeah. the trajectory of their it's life. Very true. And uh, this is in, in in many cases it's the first time someone has a, a regular job like this, so it's a source of great great pride. And for, as you know, Daniel's Place, our young adult program serving 18 to 28, uh, for young adults who, because of their homelessness or their addiction or their mental health issues, have interrupted the the normal path of their life. And they see their peers going to school, getting jobs, and they're not. You know, for for us, the young adults, uh, a job and going back to school are the single two most important things they want. And that's so important for a young adult too, especially because if we can sort of help them reestablish that trajectory, uh, then they have a greater chance of recovery and having a job and going back to school are important components of that. And if we don't, you know, if that goes on for years and they, you know, they reach their late twenties and they've, they, they haven't done that, then the chances are they'll become, the chronic adult population as time right. goes on. So we, right. we want to make sure to provide point. those important things. Right. Right. And I love what you're doing. Um, I just commend you on doing such an amazing job there. Um, Todd, so well, we're out of, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just want to commend you because the, the classes you teach at step up, you know, 
it's not just boxing, but physical health and exercise are so important in terms of what we do. So your, your support and the, and the classes you, you teach are just so important to step up members because it, it's that holistic approach of physical and mental well-being. It so is thank you. A, oh, thank you so much for even just giving me that opportunity. It's just filled my life with so much joy and um, I love these guys. Um, so, Todd, how can someone get in touch with Step Up, or is there, uh, give us your website, a phone number? Yeah. Uh, the, the best way to, uh, these days is to go to our website at stepuponsecond, S-E-C-O-N-D dot org. So, stepuponsecond, all spelled out, dot org. And we have lots of information about our various services and programs. Uh, we, we have... Uh, many uh, housing projects, not only in California, but now across the country to where we build and house uh, these individuals to provide the housing ourselves. So there's lots of information also about donating and how you can get involved on our website. Yeah, I was going to say, if you'd like to donate, um, all the information's on there. It's also on my page. If you go to my uh, radio page website, you can see the there's a direct link on there. Um, and they're also on Twitter at Step Up on Second and Instagram as well. And Todd, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming on today and sharing your thoughts and everything. I, I know this has been a rough time and, and it was a tough morning. Thank you so much for getting up this morning <laughs> and doing this with me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. Always, always great to, to spend time talking with you. Yeah. All right. And let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. 
His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs, from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome. You're back in the ring, and I'm your host, Mia St. John. We have Dr. Lawrence Rifkin back with us today. Good morning, Dr. Rifkin. Good morning, Mia. How are you? I'm sleepy. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am bright-eyed and uh, (laughs) bushy-tailed. During this quarantine. (laughs) It keeps me sharp, and I really am always interested in your topics and your guests. Well, do you remember, like, do you remember the morning drive? Lots of traffic and everybody's in their car listening to the radio. and, and Yeah, don't miss that. Every, every, <laughs> you don't miss that. <laughs> I, just I don't miss, miss that at all. I just, <laughs> I just miss it because now nobody's, nobody's in their cars listening to the radio. And it's so funny because, you know, like, how hard I fought for the slot, the 7 a.m. slot. <laughs> and now, like everybody. yeah, I, I get it. I have I had a whole different routine when uh, when we were back uh, before the quarantine. You know, I got my my timing, my coffee, my pre order at Starbucks. I run in and pick it up. I come right out. I race to the office and put on my clothing and get all ready for the day. It was it's a, that was a definite routine yeah, to it. Now, and, this is a and you were guaranteed to be in the car by a certain time, and that's why oh, yeah. radio shows like kill to get this spot because right. it's, it's, it's timed so where you know everybody gets up at six and you know usually you're you're in the car between seven and eight you know to be at work by nine o'clock mm-hmm. so wow even my dogs don't want to get up <laughs> well, this is the, the things we need to deal with in a big city i, I don't know if they have this kind of problem in sort of South Dakota or anywhere else that's a little bit more rural. Maybe they, they never had the the, uh, the traffic problem and the strategies of which oh, way yes, I got to go do. with. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. I know my sister's in Boise, Idaho, and, and they have a lot of traffic. It's, you know, it's all relative. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. don't have as yeah, many well. freeways as, as we have, but so it's very congested. Um yeah. But I wanted to talk to you about an mm-hmm. article that was in uh, this weekend's uh, Long Beach mm-hmm. Post about a mental health facility in Long Beach, California, and they had an right. outbreak of coronavirus. Um, did you read that? There were like five. Yeah, that was the uh, the La Casa facility in Long Beach. One of the uh, right the uh, addiction recovery centers or. Yeah, it's it's dual dual diagnosis. Um, So there are people suffering from addiction, mental illness, severe mental illness. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. The thing yeah, is, important um, places. Right. They're not allowing the patients to leave. Well, if you leave, they're not going to keep your spot um, if you want to mm-hmm. return. So basically, you're leaving against medical advice, AMA. Um, yeah, that's but the, t- pro- the problem that I see is that a lot of them are not wearing the mask and are not social distancing. Um, but you brought up a great point when I was talking to you mm-hmm. about this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the one about where, what's the al- of course, what's the alternative. Yeah, they, we always got to compare the alternatives, the risks and the rewards for doing it. Obviously, you know, wearing masks by the, the people that are being treated there, they're probably, if they were tested and they're negative, where could they get the virus? They could only get it from people that come in and out, and that would either be their, their family, friends, or the staff that has to go home and then come back. So, again, the, the testing like in dentistry is going to be key to this, but also what is the alternative? If they go home and their family now has time because they're probably not working so they can help their own family member, which I'm sure they'd want to, they can socialize with them, what if that particular patient or the one suffering from schizophrenia or other things that should be in the hospital should be on their meds. What if they don't take their meds? And what if they, what if they quote, escape from the house? They're not in true incarceration lockdown. They, they can leave. You can't watch them 24 seven. And what if they go out and return to that uh, unhealthful, risky, I hate to say lifestyle, but uh, being out on the streets or becoming off their meds and becoming either suicidal again or uh, etching the disease. And then, how will they return if they lose their spot back in the hospital? Now they're now they're back back before they were they were hospitalized. Yeah, but that's a tough one. What do you think? Right, and I, I'm so I'm so sorry, Doctor Rifkin, but I actually dropped you off Zoom, so now we're on we're actually on the phone. I'm on the phone with you, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I. I I get what you're saying. So it's very difficult. It's a difficult decision for the parents because, I mean, what do you do? We're not doctors. Um, You know, I put my son in a facility because, you know, I was not equipped to deal with um, the addiction and the mental illness on top of it. So I needed him to go into a rehab. Um, Right. But I know that there are, there's a lot of uh, safety measures you can take, which I know that, that you take at your own office. I mean, what are things that you're doing that they could be doing as well? And I hope you already didn't go into that while I was, while I was dropped. I was dropped for a couple minutes there. I don't know where we dropped off, but um, I was just really discussing the alternatives and the risk of having uh, one of the, the patients come home, and although they get greater socialization, uh, which is hugely important for them, um, at home, with the risk of them leaving their home and putting them back on the streets with the risk of not taking their meds and being suicidal and catching the disease again and then losing their spot in the hospitals is a, is a significant problem to be dealt with rather than leaving them in the facility where they can't socialize. So, um, but to answer your question about what can they do while they're there, obviously the same thing, that's just screenings. 
you know, the same protocols in, in a hospital situation or a communal living situation or uh, a senior citizen home or hospice. I mean, you still have to do the same universal precautions. You have to follow CDC guidelines, masks, hand sanitization, don't touch your face, social distancing, uh, wipe down things. Uh, those are all significant at the moment. Uh, reducing the risk of contracting the virus. And, and of course, until we get vaccines, uh, we will be living with this type of lifestyle, I suppose, for our own right. and others' protection. And that's we just and have I to think, accept that right now. Right. And I think, uh, like, a big difference, like, with these facilities and homeless shelters, because I heard this was happening in the homeless shelters as well, that people don't want to wear their masks. You're dealing with people that have severe mental health issues. Um, so to ask them to cover their face with a mask, um, I, I can imagine, um, like I know my son would have never done that. I mean, there, mm-hmm. there's, you know, we're dealing with people who, um, who are very vulnerable, and, it, and it's very difficult to get them to comply with certain things that I know wearing a mask yeah. would be a big issue. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I know that that there are things that they can do and and I feel that these are things that must be done because like you said, I mean, what's the alternative? They go home and the families are not equipped to deal with them. Um, mm-hmm. And so there just there must be a better way, um, and and I know that it can be done because there are facilities that are doing it. Like Step Up on Second is is doing it, so it can be done. And with that, I believe we have to take a break. So let's hear okay. from our sponsors, and then we'll be back in the ring with Dr. Lawrence Ripken. Okay, so let me talk to you for a moment about my favorite cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin in Beverly Hills. Because anyone that knows me knows how important my teeth are, especially having boxed for over 20 years. Have you ever wondered how your favorite stars have such flawless smiles? Have you ever seen a star with a noticeably fake smile? The difference between the two is the cosmetic dentist they chose. Dr. Lawrence Rifkin has been a dentist to the stars in the heart of Beverly Hills for the past 30 years. His patients are the elite of all industries and have a discerning eye for quality. So if you're looking for a Hollywood smile makeover that looks so natural you can keep it a secret, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is the cosmetic dentist you should consult with. His experience as a pioneer in smile makeovers, along with him also being a professional sculptor, has made him a leader in creating beautiful smiles as well as all your dental needs from the simplest to the most complex. Please don't wait and visit DrLawrenceRifkin.com or call 310-273-0200. We'd like to thank you for listening to In the Ring with Mia. When not on set, she's busy helping the less fortunate through the Mia St. John Foundation. And now, Mia could use your help more than ever by visiting her at her website, miastjohnfoundation.org, and making a donation. You help create a safe place for those suffering from mental illness, homelessness, and addiction. So don't delay. Visit miastjohnfoundation.org today and help us make changes in the lives of those who need it the most. 
In my career as a professional boxer, I've knocked out many opponents in the ring. Now I need your help to knock out my toughest opponent yet, the stigma surrounding mental illness. I'm on a personal mission to help people understand that with the right kind of support, individuals with mental health conditions can live productive lives. And that's why I serve as a board member for Step Up, a national nonprofit organization headquartered in Santa Monica, California, that is helping save the lives of young adults and others with serious mental health conditions across the country. Step Up also works to end homelessness for this group of individuals. I urge you to go to their website at www.stepuponsecond.org and get involved in the fight today. Together, you and I can knock out stigma once and for all. You are listening to In the Ring with Mia. To reach Mia St. John or her guest on today's show, call in with questions or comments to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back in the ring. Welcome. You're back in the ring with Beverly Hills cosmetic dentist, Dr. Lawrence Ripken. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Mia. Good morning, everybody. Good to be back here. So for those of you that that don't know, and you can follow um, Dr. Ripken on Instagram at Dr. Lawrence Ripken DDS and on Twitter, I believe it's Lawrence Ripken. Correct? Correct. I think, me it's Dr. I think it's Dr. Lawrence Rifkin. Dr. Not on Lawrence Twitter. Rifkin. On Twitter. <laughs> on and then my. <laughs> on Twitter. It's and just, Facebook is, it's, it's Facebook just is a Lawrence thing. Is Instagram Rifkin. just about. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's at Lawrence Rifkin. And then on Instagram, it's at Dr. Lawrence Rifkin DDS. And you can also find him on the website, Dr. Lawrence. Rifkin.com, correct? That's right, Dr. Lawrence Rifkin.com. Okay. And Lawrence is and, with a U, not a W. Thanks for that shout for out. those of you that don't know, he's one of, he is probably, he is one of the best um, cosmetic dentists uh, in the world, I believe you've actually been named. I've seen it in well, several uh, magazines. Oh, you know, that, I've been around long enough to develop a, a following and, and, and continued learning. So thank you for saying that in that way. There's a lot of great dentists in the world, but uh, but appreciate that, that, that commentary. But, I think, what makes but I, you, I think what makes you so uh, unique, though, is that you're also an artist. You're a sculptor. Yeah, you know, my, my background in art as a as an art major before I was a dentist really has helped me in cos- the cosmetic aspect of my dentistry. And I, I've always been a, a student of anatomy, studying human body and, and doing portraitures and things like that, both in painting, drawing, and, and sculpture. So I never knew that it would really be foundationally helpful for me in dentistry and cosmetic dentistry especially to have that type of vision and, and uh, acquired skill and knowledge about the the language of art and beauty, but you know I have, I blend that being the other part of my brain, uh, the left side of my brain being very analytical and scientific. I have to be very detailed, and so I have learned over the uh, 
the course of my career uh, to be as detailed as possible, utilizing even the dental operating microscope to work with precision because I deal on a, on a cellular level even, whether surgically or not. And of course, the concern about bacteria and viruses is ever present today. And so those combinations of, of knowledge and continued learning and skills that I have has really helped me um, excel in my patient care, uh, keep me passionate about what I do, and develop protocols and steps and uh, the way I treat patients to create the greatest safety, the minimally invasive techniques, and hopefully the optimal aesthetic outcome. And, and also working with other surgeons and dentists. You know, I have a, a practice that is really about dental, facial, and oral facial aesthetics, as well as the foundation of health. And I always start with the foundation of health. And that's, that's one of the reasons that this COVID virus really underscores my emphasis on enhanced oral hygiene to prevent other viruses and other bacteria well before the COVID virus outbreak. I've always been promoting this. And, and you know, uh, on my Instagram and other social media things, I've been promoting an enhanced oral hygiene protocol. Anybody can look that up and find out what that is from beginning to wash your hands to how you sterilize your toothbrush, wash, uh, floss your teeth, brush, and then re-sterilize your toothbrush, and then gargle and rinse your mouth out with the mouthwashes. These are hugely important protocols that you can do at home to help yourself. And, uh, but it's, uh, I would like to say, if you don't mind, that there is an emphasis. We have to reopen our offices soon. I'm sure a lot of the patients, my particular patients, are calling me and doing virtual consultations and say, Doc, when, when can we get back in? I need to get my teeth cleaned. It's important to get my teeth cleaned, which I really appreciate the fact right. that they're not only aware of the importance of it, and you know, because you are an extreme, uh, I don't even know how to describe you, you are passionate about keeping your teeth clean and white, and you have a gorgeous smile, and, and you're very healthy. And one of the reasons is Thanks because you. you're the, well, you Thank did you it before me. Don't, that don't know Dr. Lawrence Rifkin is my dentist. Um, so I owe my beautiful smile to you. Okay, go ahead. That's all right. That's all right. I know I tend to run out, but I just want to say that, you know, your systemic health is directly related to your oral health and bacteria entering our bodies. Viruses entering our body directly come through our mouth through the saliva, through the gum tissue, and into our throat, and even aspirated into our lungs. So this COVID virus is a lung-related disease causing a COVID pneumonia, and this is why people get so ill and sometimes die from it. But we've got to keep bacteria out of our bodies. There's many diseases right. that are related to bacteria. And so please, now, you know, follow good, good health principles. I, I wrote a long thing yesterday on Instagram of what we can do to boost our immunities until we get a vaccine. And I also yeah. want to talk about the safety of the offices when you're ready. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to ask you something real quick because... Sure. You know my favorite show is 90 Day Fiance. And okay. last night there was... Okay, for those of you that don't know, it's a ridiculous reality show about <laughs> um, foreigners meeting... Um, someone on the web and it's usually from the United States and they have like 90 days to it. But anyway, so one of my favorite couples, um, uh, the, this lady was from the Philippines and, uh, the man was from America, went to the Philippines to see her. This is a beautiful, beautiful girl. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. And 
but what he said, so he gave her a present last night. And the present mm-hmm. was a toothbrush, toothpaste, and mouthwash. And she was obviously, like, really, like, shocked and like, oh, my God, why are you giving me this? And he said the one thing about her was, like, here's this beautiful woman, but she had, uh, so we'll have to go into your, uh, we'll go into your uh, techniques next week. But she had horrible, horrible breath, and he could Uh not deal with that. And isn't that something that you could have, like, a gorgeous girl who's so beautiful, but yet if her breath mm-hmm. is bad, it destroys everything. It, it really does. You know, uh, you know, how close if you, if you, you know, you want to be affectionate, you want to be connected to somebody, especially when you watch a show like 90 Day Fiance, you're, you're planning on getting married, I perhaps, perhaps, and you're going to be uh, kissing, you're going to be affectionate, you're going to be intimate. You know, the bad breath is not only a kind of a social romantic turnoff, it's an indication of poor oral hygiene. So what he should have given her also is some dental floss and an appointment card to a dentist to help make sure that the underlying reasons are are, are taken care of. And then, you know, it's got nothing to do with the outside beauty initially. Uh, It has everything to do with, of course, your breath, your smile, unhealthy gum tissue, bleeding gum tissue is a sign of disease. It's infection. People don't realize that, oh, I'll just clean my teeth so I don't get a cavity. No, it's much, much more than that. It's systemic diseases yeah. that are related to oral, oral health as well. Yes, so and it's so important. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so Dr. Rifkin, we're out of time, but I would love for you to come back next week and get into what we didn't get to get into this week. Um, give okay. them a teaser. Give them a teaser for next week. All right. Next, uh, if not today, next week we're going to talk about what it's like to re-enter the office. Everybody wants to open up their offices. Everybody wants to get back to normal. Everybody wants to take care of their needed health. So we're going to talk about the safety factors, what life's going to be like when you come to the dental office. We're going to be talking about the ADA and CDC's recommendations for the dentist. As soon as we get these testing, you can get your, your, uh, your test for COVID virus uh, in the dental office to be administered there, the PPE or the personal protective equipment. We're about screening procedures, uh, new stations that how life is going to be safer and better and more comfortable for okay. you when you enter the dental office. Lots of time. And talk. we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to In the Ring with Mia. Be sure to join host Mia St. John for the next show on Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, you are one of the most important people in the world.